listen to hair on. From hair on, I'm listening to hair on. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, boom, do it like, like us. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Kareem Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? We return to the studio for episode 141. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back. Welcome, everybody. Yes, sir. So you've been getting anything into anything interesting this week thus far? Yeah, I got to caught um I got to catch a uh, Yasuke today. Oh, that show was okay, dope. I haven't watched it yet, so we're gonna catch it on that. Sunday. Um was I it also good? caught Did you enjoy it? It was fucking amazing. Okay, it, it was, I, I, it was excellent. So I also caught on um, episode two of um what's the name of that joint? Uh, uh oh yeah, I caught episode two of Primal. That was pretty dope. Oh that was pretty so dope. good. That was so the, good. The fight with the snakes. That was, uh, bro. <laughs> yeah, shit is. I can only imagine. Like, I, I thought it was really interesting. Like the whole interplay between Fang and Spear, where Spear is doing the very natural thing, and he's kind of bonding with Fang, and Fang is doing the very reptile thing and just eating everything around <laughs> him. And it's just like what. What? Fight for the food. And I mean, Fang is just I didn't like, even, it didn't even look like they were bonding all that much. It just looked like well, he no, was following him around. No, Spear was bonding with Fang, but it wasn't as much reciprocal because you saw uh, Spear started putting on the stripes similar to how Fang had, and he was coordinating with him. But oh, in the end, Fang just kept eating all the food. Uh, I, I looked at that as like camouflage, you know what I mean? To mimic the blades of grass. Not yeah, but dinosaur. he's learning that from Fang. He did. He didn't just, ah, you know what I mean. He, gotcha. it, it was directly parallel to I his gotcha. watching Fang and did it. So I was like, oh, okay. And it's kind of like it's a very natural um, human inclination to hunt in packs. Yeah. And so he was doing that, and then he started getting frustrated because he's like, Nah, this shit ain't work. I'm doing <laughs> all this work, and Fang is just eating all the food. But then Fang kind of realized, like, Oh, if I can't eat him, I can't eat all the food. If he doesn't eat. <laughs> He's gonna get sick and die, and he's helping me. <laughs> Real man, like he he's better than me. I'd have, I'd have, that standoff would have happened way soon after the yes. first board. After oh the, my goodness! After the first board, that's when the standoff went down. Fuck that! They do such a good job of building the tension because you're absolutely right. After the first time that nigga ate all the food, yeah, nigga, right. what? Right. I would have flipped. Nope. nope, you gotta go, son. You ain't, you ain't gonna be sitting in my cave eating my, my food, food. <laughs> snoring while I'm trying to sleep. You got me fucked all the way up. The hell. <laughs> Nigga, what do you bring to this partnership right now? What What are you doing? But that ex and and, and it's interesting the way that in the end, Fang actually kind of coming to grips with like not eating all the food grew their relationship. Yeah, it grew their because now Spear is like, oh, okay, because he was very discouraged after a while. Like you saw, like by the time he got to the point where he was yelling at and 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 barking at Fang, he had he was fed up. Like, he had yeah, eaten so, for days. Hell yeah. Eating bugs and shit, like yeah. fuck this bug bullshit. Oh. What's worse is what's worse is not only are you chasing away my prey, like you're you're taking it after I've successfully killed it, even when I do catch it. Like nah. And and that was the you're th- wild. How you're much wild. more frustrating was that? He was stepping up the game. He's like, oh, word, you want to battle? Fine, let's battle. And he was killing the prey earlier, getting to, and it's like a fang would come and still yeah, take that like, shit. Nah, it's like nah, uh, bitch. Nope. <laughs> Mm-mm. But yeah, Primal is amazing, man. I can't wait for you to get to episode ten. Like, I'm totally amped for season two. You season two is slated, but not released yet. So ah. I'm very much looking forward to that. People are saying it's going to be in October, which would be fine. Like, take as long as you need, man. Because I can <laughs> like it is so creative. Like, wait until yeah. you start seeing the world develop. You're just going to be like, yo, this thing really built up this whole world because it seems like it's only what is immediately impacting them. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem like a lot of world development until there is. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, it's so That's how it goes, man. You got you to gotta ease the audience into it. Absolutely. He did a great job. And he, he constructed that whole world without a word. Without that's a word. The, that's the truly amazing part is the fact that there's no dialogue in the show. That's, that's crazy. The fact that it, I, I honestly don't think anyone other than Gendy Tartakovsky could have pulled it off. Other than, other than maybe Bruce Timm is, like, the only other, like, animation director who's been doing for so long that can mm-hmm. pitch to a studio and be like yo I want to make an, a, 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 a cartoon I will say it's very with no few people it. it's you very I mean? few people it's I would like, say yeah that is such a hard sell to fucking any corporate executive like they just heard madness just from now. what I understand that was the hard sell for Wally because the first mm-hmm. beginning of that yep. that movie has such a long extended yep. period of no uh, like um Ling, uh, linguistic dialogue yeah. that 
you know, it's hard. It's hard for a lot of people to get into, but it's all about the storytelling. Yeah, they're telling you a story, son. You know what I mean? It's all about storytelling. You know, and 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 it's it's one of those things that is kind of lost. I wouldn't say lost, but we kind of askew it or get away from it. The more we can create these beautiful, visceral uh, CG scenes and 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 atmospheres, you know, like the more we can create things, people tend to to want uh, they overindulge in it instead of saying, "Hey, you know what." the interplay with the scene between the characters could tell as much of the story as just like the narrative, the narrative storytelling. And so, yeah, you know, uh, and, and Jendi doesn't use a hyper-realistic uh, uh, animation style either, which it's I love. It's sort of like an evolution of his his, his same art style. Oh, it's it, uh, an evolution, yes, but it's absolutely reminiscent. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Like, you could definitely see Samurai Jack yeah, all throughout Yeah, in the background, this. hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. But yeah, I can't wait till you finish that. That's going to be another interesting conversation. And Yasuke, we'll definitely hit that up on Sunday because I'm amped to talk about that. I I haven't been able to to catch it, but that's that's going to be one. Like I, you know, I I've been seeing some of the the online stuff, and it's just like people are so petty. <laughs> people are so petty. Like all of all of the all of the 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 uh, the criticisms of it is that it's not historically accurate. And it's like. <laughs> Really? Oh, you mean you mean there weren't mechs when Nobunaga was coming out? You mean there weren't but mechs? But it's like, is this what you come to anime for? didn't have demon powers when Nobunaga was... was you, you come to anime for, for realism and historical accuracy? Really? That's fucking All right, funny. I guess that's one way to do it. Hey, I definitely don't do it for that. You know, you gotta you gotta appreciate the reach sometimes. So when you know somebody, I mean? so when it's like it's like when people criticize something that you know everyone loves. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh yeah, it's too many mechs and and stuff like. That. I'm like, wait, you know mechs are awesome, right? It's like when people try to criticize boobs. It's like, yo, you know they're breasts, right? Like everyone loves breasts. Women love breasts. Men love breasts. Babies love breasts. Adults love breasts. Like. What are you talking about? What are you complaining about right They're now? They're like bags of sand, though. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's what I feel like when people complain about, like, mechs and anime. It's like, but what did you come here for? Like, what did you come here for? <laughs> if not for the giant robots fucking shit up, then why are you here, son? For real. But um, what I did catch uh, this week, which I was very present, pleasantly surprised with, was that damn Michael Che. Nice, nice. How was that? It's amazing. It's really fucking good. Oh. I think it is probably one of the most, uh, I would say, uh, uh, innovative takes on sketch comedy thus okay. far. Now, one thing, oh, you know what? And I also mentioned this because I've been watching this to, to great avail, um, is Black Lady Sketch Show. Nice. Season two of that they got started. got a new season, right? Yes. And it has been very funny. Now, Michael Che released all of this, uh, the episode. So I got to watch a lot more of that. Black Lady Sketch Show is releasing um, weekly. But um, I've been enjoying it. And what I en- what I love is this new kind of format that I haven't seen in too many other sketch shows. But I, I clearly is, is a undercurrent in, in some of these uh, sketch shows that are uh, more contemporary is like the ongoing sketch, like a sketch that starts in the beginning of the episode. They'll cut away, do another sketch, do an interlude and then come back to the sketch and continue oh, yeah. on the storyline. That's like, dope. yeah, it, it's it, it adds continuity, continuity to the show that I think is missing from a lot of sketch shows, um, because like. Dave Chappelle's show was kind of held together by the overwhelming presence of his his persona, his comedic persona. And so that gave it a continuity that uh, was kind of inherent to the show. And but he also had recurring characters, unlike... A, or not even just recurring characters. It was Dave a lot. Yeah, you know what I mean? Really. Dave was a continuity that... Whereas these other sketch shows, um, not as much the Michael Chase sketch show, but like the Black Lady sketch show, has a lot of characters. Like, there's a lot of really... Uh, great actresses on that show doing a hilarious shit. So <laughs> it could it could kind of take away from the continuity. So I like that they keep coming back to a a, a, a sketch that not only is very funny but kind of has gives a, a a theme to the show. Okay. Now for Michael Che, he does like he has these intermittent monologues throughout his show that give a uh, really great uh, tone to it, but. And 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 I and I know this is gonna sound some type of way to some people, but you could tell Michael Che has lived a lot more of the black experience than 
some other comedians. And that's not to say that these comedians aren't black or that they aren't successful or they're not good or they're not funny. Funny, it's just, especially in their adult lives, they've they've had some measure of success. So they don't, they don't, they don't, uh, their comedy doesn't immediately uh, connect to people who might say, you know, get stopped and frisked, frisked every day. Like he had the Michael Che had this running joke in one of, in in one of his episodes where the white people kept saying, "Let me see the white of your hands," <laughs> and it's something that only somebody who's been harassed by the police incessantly and not just like pulled over. I mean, like you were walking and the police stop you and pull guns on you type of shit regularly and demand things of you will understand that. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, or or uh, he in that same episode, one of the things that they kept saying was, uh, do you got anything in your pockets that'll poke me? And like people were saying that to them, even when they weren't frisking them. Like, and it was hilarious. <laughs> it's just like, it's it's ridiculous when anyone asks you that question, whether it's a cop yeah, or whether like it's just a random person on the street. Why hands they, my pockets. But it's such a, it's such a unifying experience for most black people to have been asked if you have anything that'll poke you in my pot in your pockets. It's like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's something that white people definitely wouldn't get. And you definitely won't get from certain black comedians. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that from Michael Che because it's all throughout, all throughout. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's reflected in his comedic voice. Absolutely, you know, and I and and I think that that's one of the things that uh, will take Michael Che a little bit further is because he not only appeals to white people, he's not only a well acclimated comedian, but he still hasn't like totally skewed his experience as a black man in America. You know what I mean? And yeah. he makes it funny. You know, he doesn't make it depressing. That is the most important part. He makes it funny. <laughs> Can't really make a sketch comedy show that ain't funny. Many have died. Many have died. Many and many and many of sketch shows have not made it past season one. But yeah, that Diane Michael Che. And it's funny because I originally thought he got the name of the show from a Weekend Update uh, personality who's a reoccurring um, character on that uh, segment. Uh, it's this hillbilly lady who's always trying to sleep with Michael Che. And she goes, I'm always trying to sleep with that damn Michael Che. <laughs> well, she doesn't say it that brazenly, but she always refers to him as that damn Michael Che. And uh, I thought that's what he was referencing. But evidently, he told a story on um, Seth Meyers' show, which was hilarious. He's like, when I got a chance to make this show, I knew I was going to make something award-winning. So when I was thinking of the title, <laughs> I was thinking of what is the craziest thing that I can get a white person to say without totally like ruining the, the award ceremony? like, well, I can get them to refer to me as that damn Michael Che. <laughs> and so he had, he That's has so this man. thing where he's, he has uh, this image of Taylor Swift. Uh, Taylor, what was her name? Taylor Swift? You know, uh, Taylor Swint. Swinton? Swinton, yes. Uh, where she's uh, uh, announcing his award and she's calling up that damn Michael Che. <laughs> and it's hilarious. But I was like, that's a way better story. But uh, yeah, the, the show is really quality. I really enjoy it a lot. I highly recommend it. Um, all the episodes are out. Um, and I really honestly think that Michael Che, um, well, I, I'm, and I will credit it also to Black Lady Sketch Show because honestly, I saw them do it first, and I don't want to erase Black women's accomplishments. But this new format of sketch show that uses a continuity and interludes and uh, continuous sketches, gold, gold. They definitely they swagged it out. You know what I mean? Nice. So what happens? You give Black people something, they swag it out, and they definitely <laughs> swagged out the sketch show once again. But uh, yeah, so that's that, that's been uh, the long and short of what I've been getting into this week. But yeah, moving on from that, in uh, some gaming news. Uh, so I've been talking about Discord first in talks with Microsoft, then in talks of an IPO. And now uh, Sony has actually just made a major investment in and become a minority uh, owner in the company. So... It looks like in the fallout of the the Discord Microsoft talks, Sony swooped in and was like, "Now nah, we're not letting that sit." <laughs> oh no, that's pretty good because they're doing um they're doing uh Evo tournaments now, and that makes a lot of sense. Oh, they, they absolutely just bought need Evo it. recently. They absolutely need so, it. So to be able to host nationwide tournaments, even if it's for their infrastructure, that, yeah, even if they just use Discord to coordinate the behind the scenes, um, it's a huge boon. Amen. Because Discord, you know, having an open Discord server where all of the vendors and all of the 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 uh, the talent can openly communicate and 
and get everything and then just easily segregate them out into channels depending on what their booth is, what their show, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's going to be great yeah, for be their awesome internal for organization. For organization, sure. absolutely. And so, yeah, it, you know, that and, and hopefully if they do that, They'll leave the public end of Discord the way it is. They'll just have the public yeah. end, leave fuck it, this up, and then just just utilize it in their private end. You know, find some way to segregate it from the public servers, and then boom, let it do it internally. I think that would be better than if they tried to integrate it into one of their services. I don't. That's you know, these companies aren't good at services, <laughs> in my opinion. You know what I mean? I'm sure they think they're good at services, but I don't think they're particularly good at them. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I I think that it could overall means some very good things for discord hopefully if they manage to make it something that's valuable to them without messing with the public platform that's the goal man that's the dream yeah don't fuck this up just don't fuck up what we're using right now because it's so good you know what i mean and and that would be a huge huge boon for the platform because that means that they will be supported ad infinitum you know what i mean all there'll be there'll be development they'll have a budget you know, they won't have to worry uh, about, like, invest, like, uh, pleasing shareholders, which is a huge, we know that that's a huge problem when it comes to these companies. Yeah. I mean, Discord is doing fine before Sony come around, so. Absolutely. So, you know Absolutely. I mean? They were doing way fine. But, so that's know, why I'm like, don't fuck it up, Sony. Don't Absolutely. fuck it up. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of these companies are doing pretty well in their respective industries, but it's like that need for growth. You know, the need, the, the desire to do more, or get bigger. That's what really fucks them up, I think, a lot of times. It's ever-present, though, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they got to learn to balance it. it yeah. And and this is a structure that could very much help preserve them in their current um their current status, which would be great. But yeah, that's all I really saw going on in the, uh, okay. in the game I'm industry. excited for uh, Mass Effect coming out in what? Fucking like nine days? What's this? Oh, it's nine days and counting? Yeah. Actually, less than that. Going out to 14th or some shit like that? 14th? 14th, I think it's 14th. Oh, did we talk about so the MCU? Uh, the MCU movies dropping? No, uh, we didn't trailer? talk about the Phase 4 trailer. Ooh. That shit. Looking very, very nice. It was it was a little bit extra. You know, the whole Stanley minute and a half intro lead-in. It was nice. No, I'm not going to front. I, I, I don't think it's it was a little extra. Bit extra. I, I, don't think so. I think that's ex- exactly the right amount, son. You know what I mean? Like, it's a Stanley standoff. It's a reminder of everything. And... If it wasn't for the emotional investment, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have given a fuck about Thanos' snap if it wasn't oh, for sure. the, the emotional investment. So it's 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 the right amount. It's the right I, amount of butter. You know what I mean? You know, and and I think it is because I've never really been in, invested into Stan Lee as a creator because I was a really shitty consumer for a long time, and so I never really built up the fandom behind the creators, which I, I think is important. You know, I think that I've done myself a de- detriment having, you know, refrained from it for so long. But yeah, you know, there is a huge fandom behind Stan Lee himself Absolutely, that I yeah. that I'm I wouldn't say just now, but probably within the last few years, I've really started to 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 understand why why it's so big. But yeah, you know, I I was just I'm so amped for these movies. These movies look so fucking good. Bro, yeah. I just wanted more of that. They I want more of that. Shang Chi is looking stupid. Eternals. I like the way I I liked what it looked like. I like what it looked like. I'm I'm hopeful. Um, Yo, there's shout out to Kamel Nadjiani, man. Oh, I remember listening stu- to the crazy. fucking Nerdist podcast as fuck. when he was just coming up in the um uh, uh 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 fucking the meltdown in L.A. when he was just doing stand up in a tiny little room out there. So to see him go all the way here, that that's like my nigga, like good fucking like long work, long term work, man. Like that shit pays off, man. It's oh, well. absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's that's awesome to see. Like, but uh, I I think that uh. <laughs> There's four movies this year that look amazing, right? There's Black Widow. Yeah, I think it was three. Eternals. And Shang-Chi. And there was another one that I thought, because there's no, July. Wait, wait. Uh, uh, Black Widow's July, right? Uh, hang on. I'm looking uh, up. Shang-Chi. I, I think Shang-Chi might be the next one, actually. But um, yeah, I know there's Shang-Chi, Black Widow, and Eternals. All three of those look amazing. I'm very much... I'm kind of thrown. I kind of want to go to the movies. Right? <laughs> kind of so, want to go to the movies. <laughs> Black Widow is July 7th. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Shang-Chi is September 3rd. 
Uh, Eternals is November. November 5th. Isn't this something in December? The Hawkeye series. Spider-Man No Way Home is November, is December 17th. Okay, so I wasn't wrong. It was and four. Then, um, there's no also Way Home! Series. No Way Home? What is the storyline? I don't even know, nigga. They haven't, I'm they so haven't put anything out about is it Is it post-blip? Is it <laughs> Well, is it's it going in the same blip? continuity, so it would be post-blip. Because he... They've already there is discussed still, everything. There's still story to tell between Far yeah, From but, Home. But so it, will they cover that? I mean, I mean, granted, because you know how they cover but, large, large spots of time. Could they? Are they going to cover any of that? It's my question. Well, I would, if I thinking about it, I think they would only cover it if there's a character relevant to the blip that they that's would my need question. to cover. Yes, you know exactly. What I mean? Is if is so, there any relevant material between uh, Far From Home and the blip? Just gotta wait and see. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's, nigga, so, I'm amped. I'm dead. But there's, there's also uh, no, no for TV from series. That. We also got Loki coming out on June 11th. Uh, the What If coming out summer 2021. They don't have an actual I don't know. date for I'm, that. I'm, I'm kind of up in the air on What If because I hope they I hope they do it solid. I hope they do it solid. Because... I've seen some of the animation for it and they look pretty dope. So okay, because... like one of them is like Black Panther. Um, uh, uh Star Lord Black Panther. Ah. So like instead, of, so basically, um, Yandu came and he picked up T'Challa instead of um Star Lord. So yeah, I'm super curious to see where they go with that shit. I, I got a little bit of um, what was it? Uh, what was the the really bad TV series they just did? Uh, Inhumans. I got a little bit of Inhuman vibes from it, so I was like, oh, please don't do that, please don't do that, because Inhumans was really bad. But yeah, what if? What else? Inhumans was not done by Marvel Studios. Oh, it wasn't? <laughs> no. Oh. It's done by ABC and fucking uh 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 what no, actually no Inhumans? No, I don't think Inhumans. Inhumans Runaways, man. Wow, dude. I really and I'm I know it's been a while since I talk about that show, but I really enjoyed the first two seasons of that show, man. Talk about the big fall off, man. <laughs> dude, season three, they were just like, Yeah, you wanna shit the bed? And I was like, Oh, why why would you do that? They be doing that shit sometimes. Like it's the showrunner, man. It's the fucking... Mo- yeah, it's ABC, ABC Studios Marvel Television. That's who did Ooh. Inhumans. So that's why I'm like, don't compare that. Okay. Don't, I don't compare okay, it to okay, the okay, Marvel okay. stuff. It was... Because it was bad, man. That was, was dumb bad, niggas, bad. bro. They interns, my G. They interns. They don't even work here full time. We don't even pay those niggas. I don't write their checks. <laughs> feel me? Like, damn, nigga. Like, They wow. supposed to turn in their lanyard, man. I don't even know why he's still hanging out over here. Who gave them production material? Like, damn. But, um... So, yeah. There's so much coming out. Marvel is about to fucking... Smee's Nash, the back yeah. half of this. Yeah. Damn, smashing the back half. That's how we do this. Marvel's got a lot of gangster shit. Yeah, I'm Marvel. For that, man. I'm Yo, for that. L- listen, Scorsese, you can shit on it all you want. <laughs> it's some of the best yeah, cinema that you're going to find. Deal with it. It's not so. I think this is mad, man. It's what happens when you've had a stranglehold on in an industry and you see I someone know. that you don't like Slipping coming in fingers. and, like, you know, especially because. From his perspective, he probably it, it probably looks like oh they're just coming in and doing all this stupid cartoony shit and people just throwing millions of money and accolades at him. You know, it's probably one of those off. things. But yeah, so that, I thought that that was uh, that was really awesome. The the MCU uh, Phase Four upcoming movies and TV shows. Loki's going to be ridiculous. That's yeah, very an- highly anticipating that. But uh, moving on from that dude i saw some real fucked up shit going on so yo when are we gonna start establishing like positively within the community that the nfl is an anti-black organization because it really really is we really have to come to this conclusion so this is so they recently had the nfl draft and given the pandemic a lot of hbcus had to close down their uh their their sports uh their sports um programs the nfl knowing this decided not to do a combine under the guise of covid restrictions when you can easily perform a combine socially distanced like that's not hard at all only to the detriment of hbcu so now a lot of uh players who are in hbcus were omitted from the draft because they didn't have the prerequisite games that's fucked up for the season you know, and it's just like, come on, like that's so that's so ridiculous. Like this is clearly disproportionately affecting black players, not even black and brown. I don't even have to make that dissemination. Black players, right in the time when black players overwhelmingly are making the the push to go to HBCUs in lieu of the 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 uh, the uh, Division A schools. You know, it's it, it's it's such a, 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 an obvious blow to that movement that 
it, it, we have to start calling a spade a spade, you know? And not only that, it's it's a movement because athletes, regardless to their to their sport, there is an overarching uh, solidarity that they that they have with each other as players in a environment trying to sell their labor value to owners who have vastly more money than they do. Basketball players and NFL players have a very similar fight in that way. Same as baseball players. Same as hockey players. And so sports players at large, and, and, and this also carries on into the collegiate scene. And so to see collusion between, between uh, uh, collegiate uh, or NFL and NBA teams to, to lock out HBCUs across sports is fucked up. Because this was just the NFL, but you see the same thing happening in the NBA. In the NBA, the players have a little bit more uh, 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 leverage because the players have more power in the uh, in the NBA because there's fewer of them, so their power is consolidated with them. Whereas in the NFL, there's a way larger variety of players, all of which have to contribute to this to this discussion in terms of regulating, uh, uh, you know, drafts and things of that nature. Because let's let's be honest, like. Players should have a say in that to some degree because the players are the ones playing with those other players. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is the owner's money who is who is going forth to pay for these contracts. But these players are working with other players and it is very their success is very heavily incumbent on their ability to play with other players. You know what I mean? And not and moreover, if we're talking about, you know, worker solidarity, they should the players are the ones who should be gatekeeping how other players come into the industry because they have the best understanding of what it takes and what is needed to protect those players you know what i mean and so it, it, it's really disheartening to see uh the nfl take this stance um to see the nba also make moves similar to this you know they haven't done anything concrete. The NFL is the is the one who who, who recently made these moves, but I, I I foresee a lot on the horizon where these players coming out of out of HBCUs are going to be discriminated against, all because they're making a stand in terms of where they want to be. You know they want to be at HBCUs. Their talent is irrelevant to that. You know, and if you're if you're if you're drafting them based on talent. Then, then why are they being frozen out? Why are they not being allowed to 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 compete because of the decision of where they want to go to school? That seems relatively unfair to me. But you know, once again, you know, you don't see them locking out players from Stanford, which a lot of these these schools that that are still uh, uh, able to to submit draft players, they were in remote learning. They didn't have real programs. You know what I mean? I don't know what they were doing on the outside for their players to keep them fit for 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 play, but I doubt it was much. I'm pretty sure it was on the players to keep themselves fit. So I don't see why there's any any uh, uh, special uh, allowances for players from non HBCU schools. But that's just my my opinion. I'm not a sports analyst. I just think that you know, once again, as somebody who likes to to analyze worker politics, this is one. Uh, just another way in which, you know, the people who provide the labor to this industry could organize to 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 themselves a little bit better to to help, you know, the the newcomers to the industry. You know, we need better gatekeepers, essentially, is what I'm saying. You know, and those we don't want those gatekeepers to be NFL owners. That's for sure. <laughs> they are certainly not looking out for anyone's best interests other than their pockets. Moving on from that, though, um, you know, I saw, you know, I, I saw a couple uh topics come across the Jamaican scene, and 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 I thought they were really pertinent to talk about. The first one was um Mr. Lex, which I, that's the name I haven't heard in a long time. Mr. Lex, um, what's his famous uh one? He has a ton of famous songs, um, uh, but he's a very popular dance hall artist, um, who is all over the scene in Jamaica right now, really doing a lot of good work. He called out Khaled because whenever Khaled comes to Jamaica, 
he always links up with the same three, four artists and never speaks to the larger dance hall community. And moreover, he's he's trying to 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 make dance hall music with culture artists, which is ridiculous. Now, granted, those artists have a relationship with Khaled, so of course they're going to do music with him. But Bujo and Capleton and Barrington Levy don't make dance hall. So why are you putting them on dance hall type tracks when there's tons of artists who you could come in and 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 and, and, and par with? that are ready to do great things on tracks. Not even to say that they're better than the artists that you're doing, but you're 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 cross-bending these 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 artists into these genres, but for, to what ends? If you if you say you love the culture so much, and this is all I'm just paraphrasing Mr. Lex's argument, which I generally agree with. If you if you if you're doing it for the culture, then come and talk with some of the, and, and come and get some of the other young artists. Stop going to all of these same old artists that are done busway like a big bitch a kite. Them done blow up. Capleton don't need no more exposure. Butcher don't need no exposure. These are men who are done, you know what I mean, make and solidify their, their name in the industry. And you have power to do so and you just use the same old artists and force them into tracks that don't really even fit their 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 music genre. Force them? Question well, I, I, I wouldn't say force them, but... You produce their music into that. You know what I mean? You you take the music and make it in that. They make it in their same old music they make. You're choosing to 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 put them into a dance hall thing when there's real dance hall artists that could really use a, a, a look. And while I do understand the argument that then just go make the music then. If you think there's so many good artists, then why don't you just go make the music? If you're a good artist, then you go make the music. I do understand that argument. It is a very strong argument. But nonetheless, the fact that Khaled... I, I think the only thing that gives credence to the argument that Mr. Lex had is that Khaled exclusively works with those artists. So how could you be for the culture if you only exclusively work with a handful of artists that you have a, a certain relationship with and never reach out? Like, okay, cool. You're for those artists. And that's fine, but that's not for the culture. You're not coming here bigging up the culture doing that. Which I, I think that there's some relevance to that. I don't know. Is, is that off base? I don't know, man. Artistic expression. Like, you, when it comes to creativity, like, who you work with is who you work with. You know, like, I understand where you're coming from with the argument, but it's just like, I don't know. I who knows if in the studio if, if it ever even reaches there, you know. So it's one of those things where it's just like I understand how he feels, but you know, music is is a and to say and and it's a Lex collaborative thing with harmony. Have, you know what I'm saying? Who you work with is who you work with, and you might have good chemistry with good chemistry. Mm -hmm. So I, I get why I get that you can knock him for not reaching out to other artists, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I kind of see how part of his know, argument was that him and Tony Mataran were there. And they they witnessed they were there and nobody and so that that was that was part of their argument. I don't know. I mean, I feel you, but uh, it, it is his prerogative. Mr. Lex I do, I, and I respect Tony Mastron are nowhere near as hot as Buju. No, 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 no. I would never ever. But they are very prevalent in the scene. And if you want, if you're making a song and you're trying to make a dancehall song, those would not be two 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 brothers that would not provide you right. with, with solid solid music. Like, you know, and so, and 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 also, I do want to, because Mr. Lex was was very vehement about making the point that this is not about him. <laughs> it was not about him, even though he would love to make music with Khaled. He was he would be remiss not to say that it wasn't about him because the first person that he did put on, or the first two people he did mention, was Popcorn and Alkaline, mm -hmm. and he's like, how does it, how does a man say he's for the culture? And not have a single piece of music with Alkaline and, and Popcorn. Yeah, Popcorn that make no is, sense. Is, is and crazy I was like, right kind of right though. Popcorn it kind of right. right. You know what I mean? If you don't have a song with vibes, I mean, I was just, jail. I, I was just jamming a Popcorn song right before we started I, the but podcast. But Simonen, how could you not have a? How can you not contact these men for music if you're for the culture? That's all he's saying. If you're for the culture, then be for the culture. But if you're not for the culture, then stop saying. Then then don't come here. Pulling all them strings and saying all that stuff because when he was there, he never see you make a word for the culture. You was there performing your whole Ray 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 with 
with Bojo and them. Bojo and them need to make a money, so them par with you. You don't disrespect, so there's no reason not to work with you. But it, it's not a for the culture thing. But one could also say, like, you know, it's it's really on the people that are actually moving around in Jamaica to sort of dictate that, you know? But that's what he's saying. And so he said, all right, so, so Khaled, you have an international perspective. So you want the international artist. You same bought by that building and have a whole floor of that building with studio place in it. Why you don't start We The Best Jamaica right there and you can record all the Jamaican music you want? Easy. But you rather, you rather not do that. He's not recording a lot of Jamaican music. He's just no, recording he is, a handful, but, though. But from what I understand, he evidently is recording a lot of Jamaican music. It's just not being put out. He has a whole back catalog of, of yard music that he could be putting out. And Which so is he typical does, of kind of well, artists exactly, in general. For him. Well, and not to mention, I don't think that they should really bat him up for that because that is his, that's how he does music. Like, that's how it's all not, artists does yeah. music. When they die, there's usually like tons and tons of stuff left over that they haven't released yet. And so, well, I, I think they're mad because he's collecting other people's and he's, you know, he's not, it's not him on the track. He's, he has verses that other people come in the studio, do with him. He compiles and that, then puts on a track. That's what he does. He's a producer. Exactly. That's what he does. And, 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 and no, no, I'm not that's bad at him for that. That's how he makes his music. And so I think that they don't understand that that's just how, that's how producers of his caliber keep their catalog fresh. They have shit on the ready yeah. so that when it's time, they can at least he's pull on something. He's been doing that since South Florida. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I think that he might be a little bit resentful of the business model a little bit. Because the business model don't lend to the type of music I mean, how they how He they ain't collaborate. even got to be resentful for it. If it ain't bringing in the kind of cash that he's used to getting mm-hmm. when he puts out albums, it might not be worth it for well, him no, I'm to saying, put Mr. in Lex's, Mr. Oh, Lex is oh, resentful okay. to, of the business model that Khaled uses to maintain his his music um, catalog, which I'm not batting him up for, but I can understand why you might not like it, but it's his catalog. That's how the man does his thing. I did a ton of things that I can't, that I don't like, that I can't complain about. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you're not going to get very far. But yeah, I just think that Mr. Lex did have a a, 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 a valid point when it comes to people claiming uh, culture and not doing nothing for the culture, you know? And so that much I did appreciate from him. And so, you know, I hope that Khaled takes that with, a, with, with, with the, because the thing is, is that, you know, of course, Mr. Lex did the Instagram live. The first thing he did, he fly off out of mouth. Because, you know, Mr. Lex, He's from the streets. The man from the streets. So he did have a lot of it, uh, of 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 invective words for for Mr. Khaled. Um, but then he did an interview with another prominent Jamaican um, entertainment journalist where he kind of he where he brought it back in line and it was funny because he brought it back in line. You could tell he had to, he knew what he was supposed to say to bring it back. And then about three a quarter of the way through, yeah. Like, but see, I'm not pussy, and some of them money pussy them. I was like, damn. Yeah, I was like, like, niggas always, but he's right because he extra sometimes. Because he, you could tell he's mad because people keep on holding their tongue <laughs> when they know where they tell. Because that's something that I, I do I do take umbrage with when when you're willing to tell me a whole bunch of stuff, but then when other people ask you, you don't want to tell them. It's like, yo, speak your mind, speak your mind. You did have a feeling about it just a second ago. Why all of a sudden now, them things that fly? Nah, man, not to make it. But um, so yeah, you know, Mr. Lex did his 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 little thing, and so he really did try to to make it peace. Though he was like, "Listen, it's not really about me biting you up and yelling at you, Khaled. It's about come on, man. We all here doing the work. You know what I mean? If you want work, then work. But you can't just evade all of the top artists and then say you're for the culture. That don't make no sense. And so yeah, I thought that that was a a pertinent discussion to be had on his part. But um, also in the Jamaican news, I thought that there was something real, uh, real interesting because uh, we have the JLP, uh, one of the JLP leaders, uh, Damian Crawford, really did a, a powerful thing coming out speaking uh, on behalf of the entertainment artists. Because you did you have the, the one dishonorable Andrew Holness who, who used the, the dance hall artists to come into political power. He loved to dance with them, listen to the music, and big them up, and Ray, Ray, Ray. And as soon as he became PM, the man instituted some of the most restrictive anti-slander laws that Jamaica's ever seen. I'm telling you, people going to jail every day for, for, for speaking their mind about, about the government. And so 
you know, the Jamaican uh, 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 island has been having an issue right now with, with the government overstepping personal freedoms. You know, the whole COVID business, everything. And Damon Crawford came out and he did a real good thing, I think, uh, speaking in public about the violence, how it, how it exists in relation to the music and the real uh, position of the entertainment industry in the Jamaican economy. So, you know, one of the favorite uh, selling lines in Jamaica is that, you know, the music make the people bad. They listen to the music and then they go enact badness. And he did a great job of, of, of pointing out all of the statistical research from all around the world that shows, no, what ends up happening is, is that people who have a propensity for badness gravitate to the music. And whether an individual makes it or not, they will find that kind of music because it ingratiates the behavior that, they're, that they are predisposed to, not the other way around. The music doesn't originate the behavior in them. The people who have that behavior have a propensity to seek out that kind of music. It's a different thing. So you shouldn't bat the people up who are making the music. They're not the ones who are who are perpetuating the violence. A lot of the time, these people are delineating personal experiences that they went through in life. And it is up to us as the government to make sure that we do our best that we're not reproducing violent ends in their society. We need to do a better job of making sure that the violence isn't the prevailing experience that people have to talk about. And so I really wanted, I really wanted to big up um, Mr. Damian Crawford because it's a, it is a big thing because I think that Jamaica can be a very uh, uh, can be a leading uh, demonstration of how to integrate entertainment into economics in a more wholesome way than than what America does because you know. The entertainment industry is second only to the to the tourism industry in Jamaica. The entertainment industry is a huge boon, huge boon to the Jamaican economy. Jamaican entertainers are responsible for a lion's share. Well, I wouldn't say a lion's share because it's not the biggest share, but a significant share of the Jamaican economy. And so for the government to take the stance that they typically do on Jamaican artists is wild to me because it's just antithetical to, to, to understanding the makeup of the economy as it exists. You know, you have your tourism and you have your, and then moreover, you actually, you know, you actually have a homegrown industry that can rival your export industry. That is a huge boon. That is a Jamaica throughout its entire history has always just been an economic a uh, 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 blessing or a treasure to have for its people or for whatever power runs over it because it's just there's so much that can be done whether it's the wealth of the people or the, the resources of the island and so you know I really would love to see Jamaica positively incorporate its entertainment sector into its 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 policy sector so that it could actually you know be the, the, the positive force in Jamaican society that it could be because a lot of times the the social things that need to happen in Jamaican society there's prevalent in the music it's 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 yeah, a historical definitely thing talking about it for sure. and I mean and I mean more so than than even like let's say hip-hop hip-hop has a historic root in the uh the struggle and oppression of black people in America but even that doesn't have the kind of description of oppression that you get in Jamaican music. Like when you hear Bounty Killer anytime, he is calling out policies and people verbatim from, from, from reality. You know, he is, he is hitting so viscerally on the plight of the people that, you know, it, it, if it was something that the government actually could, could properly interface with, they could respond. They could respond better instead of thinking that a crackdown is in order because you, you can't ban songs when they, when they, when they call out the uh, political corruption and expect people to just forget that the, <laughs> the political corruption existed. It's not going to happen. That's not how that works. 
Yeah, when a when a government uses entertainment as a scapegoat, you know they're not at all interested in trying to fix the problem. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. They did it with D and D. They did it with rock yeah. music. They did it with oh, fucking... American government is bad about it. <laughs> you feel me? It's not just the and, and not just Jamaican government time. has done the same thing. Jamaican government has accused all of those things of being the same. yeah. It, it's just it's just it's just when politicians don't want to deal with the shit. That's the first thing they do is they find a scapegoat that they think people can rally behind. And man, American like politics and and media is so good at just like creating a fake scapegoat and ramming it down your throat. Oh yeah, they'll whip that storm up quick as fuck. El terrible. Yeah, but moving on from that, you know, we had a bunch of shit going on uh, stateside that could provide us with some entertaining conversation. So, firstly, I just wanted to uh, shout out Mr. Bill Gates, Bachelor Number One. My man said, fuck this shit. I can't grow with you no more, ho. I'm finna get a divorce. I thought that shit was hilarious. So Bill and Melinda Gates have decided to part ways, which I was like, okay. Yeah, who cares? I think it's interesting. People get divorced all the time, man. Well, I I, I really don't care about their personal life. But in terms of of business-wise, I assume that they look at their marriage very similarly to... A business proposition. At this point, there's far too much money to just only be considering your feelings when it comes to your marriage. Because you know you gotta you gotta think like, if he wants to leave, he's giving up what fifty billion, fifty billion, something of that order, to her. And I don't think he's entitled to anything. So I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he probably didn't initiate this <laughs> because they didn't have a prenup. So I'm gonna go out the money anyway. He's been giving his money away for years. Oh yeah, but that's all tax write offs. Like he's only been giving away the money that he would be required to pay in taxes. So that when they, so that whenever, because he's not stupid, he knows that at some point the American government is going to have to start a repatriation program. And I'm like, if if I've ever been considered one of the richest men on the planet it didn't matter mm-hmm. how much money you took away from me you can feel me so it's kind of weird that well but, the, that but would we would never but that's thing, why we you know? never because we don't value the money that much he values the money i mean i'm pretty sure that's why he got it but um you know and sure, it, there's a lot sure. to be said and and you know there's a lot of ways to hedge that you can he knows that he can he'll he'll always be able to lobby so even if they're gonna tax him he'll be able to lobby to get tax write-offs to say look at all this money i paid since the taxes are retroactive why aren't my write-offs retroactive so i want to write off all that shit you know i'm sure that they'll find ways of dodging it so he doesn't mind giving away the money because it's just him hedging the future taxes he'll have to eventually pay my, you know, my thing is, is that, you know, he probably sees this as his this relationship as another business relationship to some degree. And so if they if it's no longer profitable to be in this business relationship, I can imagine that's why he would agree or acquiesce to, to separate. In that case, how is it in her case? It's no longer profitable for her to be in this entanglement. Shit. I wonder no I'm wondering what she's now going to move on to go do. Because you saw what what Bezos' wife did. She did went not. and spent money on everything that her husband refused to spend money on. <laughs> she took half of his money and immediately <laughs> spent it on everything that Jeff didn't want her to spend it on. So I'm wondering if Melinda's gonna do that, if she's like that, that kind of wife. Petty revenge, you know, that's good shit. Yeah, and, and, and it's the best kind of petty revenge because you know, it alleviated, it alleviated a lot of immediate suffering for people. So it's like, hey, that's a win-win. You know, there are a lot of those things exist in this world. But hey, you know, when when rich people are spiting other rich people for the benefit of poor people, come on. Come on. You can't get anything better out of capitalism than that. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that, that was real uh, interesting that they decided to uh, end that business relationship because I I can't imagine what more she's going to get from life away from him. I mean, whatever the fuck she wants. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine she didn't get whatever the fuck she wants with him. That's my thing. It's like, right, I but maybe she just don't fuck with that nigga no more. Sometimes you go apart from people. That's very true. I don't, I, and I always, you know, dehumanize billionaires to say like, like they don't have feelings or emotions or they do nothing based on feeling or emotion. And um, yeah, I'm sure at some point something there's got to be feeling and emotion somewhere in there, even if it's not the overwhelming um, 
motivation for most of their actions. It's got to be somewhere, right? Or they could have also become got to that point where they're just roommates, you know, and there's just no point for them to pretend like they're like emotionally like entangled with each other anymore. So it's like, fuck it. Let's just. I'm just do me, dog. You do you, bro. Let's just, you know what I'm saying? I got yeah. my yacht. You got your yacht. Let's just. I was under the impression they were doing that already. Yeah, man. But now, yeah. they, now they get to do that officially <laughs> and legally. I know. <laughs> and now no one will ever ask any questions yep, onion, and you never onion. have to answer any awkward questions from people. Where's Bill? Onion had the best headline. <laughs> Bill Gates starts a, a fund to find somebody who can make a condom he can't bust through. I was like, wow. Okay. Lol. My man is planning to go out and do My favorite one was... Um, uh, 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 she was like, uh, it had Bill Gates looking at a computer, and it was just like, uh, women finding out what uh, women after the vaccine, and it had a, the fucking Wi-Fi marks in their shoulders, yeah. and it's Bill Gates looking for singles. No. <laughs> oh, no. Got chipped, bitch. Bill Gates is gonna get you. Chipped your dumb ass. But yeah, now that shit was hilarious. Well, speaking of which, speaking of vaccines, um, this is really interesting. So Biden has moved to uh, try his best to get patent rights waived for the vaccine so that they can be more easily distributed worldwide. Now, it's for the best, you know, that do what you got to do, because the thing is, is that a lot of like Africa seems like they are pretty well distributed. Asia is pretty well distributed. Europe is pretty well distributed. Pretty much just South America and and I think Australia is taken care of as well for the most part. In terms of they are on the way to their vaccination goals. They don't they're not short uh vaccines. So there's not a lot of places around the world, I think outside of India right now, that needs like a, a huge amount of vaccines. So I'm dubious as to what the real motivations behind this are. You know what I mean? Like most Places have already passed, surpassed 50% vaccination. So the good that could be done with this has already been gone. The good that would really come from this is, I mean, you have African countries that are sending back vaccines so they don't expire because they don't need them anymore. They, their distribution has been relatively successful. And so, you know, while, yes, that's great. Good job, Joe. I just have a feeling that Joe Biden's administration is going to be rife with him doing the right thing when it's too late. Do, doing every doing what everyone wanted right after it could have actually have made a difference. You know, and and moreover, this is becoming really interesting because it's pointing out one of the major flaws in the EU. So one of the uh, issues that's going on in the EU right now is that you have countries like France, who is a very prominent player in the EU, who absolutely is with, you know, removing or, or suspending uh, patent cop uh, or uh, vaccine copyrights or va- vaccine patents for the short term to make sure that the world can get proliferated so that we can get to some form of normalcy. But that's because France is a net consumer. France imports more than it exports. Now you have countries like Germany that absolutely does not want whatsoever for these IP uh, 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 patents to be lifted because they are, you guessed it, a vaccine producer. They are a net exporter. And this is not just an issue that pops up when it comes to uh, uh, issues of vaccine distribution. There's many other parts of of the EU export industry, import export industry that ends up putting member states at odds. That's because there's no, there's no uh, homogeneity when it comes to the economic uh, uh, value throughout the EU. Now I'm interested to see what happens here because that, because of that contention between such large players in the EU, this might not actually, actually even happen. Which is once again gonna let Biden off of the hook for you know pushing through the the alleviation of these these vaccine patents when he knows that they should have been alleviated a long time ago when people actually were in dire need of this. But um yeah, I thought that was was super interesting because you have a lot of stuff uh going on in the EU that 
you know, I'm wondering, like, that's a more, it seems that that is a more volatile economic area when it, because of the interplay between the countries in that zone, than even like, let's say America, like America is pretty straightforward. We might, we might not be a great actor, but we're a very, uh, uh, consistent actor. We do very much the same thing. And you all speak the same main language. Well, yeah, you know, and, and. One of the things, as different as even the people on the East Coast are from the West Coast, are from the center of America, there's an overwhelming idea of Americanness that is that pervades the interactions between uh, states that doesn't exist in the EU. So, like, Germany and France are very ideologically different places, like, to the point where they don't identify with each other whatsoever. There's not a commonality like, I don't think many, very many French people consider themselves European over French. Whereas I know a lot of people who will identify as American over their particular state, mainly because people transmigrate between the states so frequently. It's not, you know, it's very common. And so that kind of, you know, identity, you know, that American identity kind of pervades across the states that helps interstate commerce where that doesn't exist in the EU, in my opinion. You know, there's good trade practices and policies, but France will always be a labor-oriented society, in my opinion, based on their history. Germany will be a very governmentally controlled labor-oriented society, and that's antithetical to the type of labor society that France is. And so I don't know how they square that circle, you know, that's that's not a it's not an easy thing to do when you're trying to create uh, overarching policy for both of those places. Whereas finding federal policy that benefits all Americans, you know, whether you're in Texas or Maine, is a lot easier, probably. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just a, one of the many nuances of governing that these motherfuckers are failing at. Go figure, right? Um, oh, this was an interesting one that came across the desk. So you remember a little bit ago, Ajit Pai, fuckwad Ajit Pai, was responsible for for seeing the FCC's ruling on net neutrality. Yes, yes. And he, after the 22 million uh, comments came in, they ruled that net neutrality wasn't necessary. Now they're finding out that the FCC commissioned several third-party companies to uh, to to aggregate this information, and in doing so, they instead of actually aggregating information, sent in a barrage of 18 million fake comments. <laughs> so when Ajit Pai accused all those fake comments from coming from the John Oliver viewers. Those were actually fake comments that came from the companies that he hired. Both. To actually oversee this. Both. Create your truth. Oh, dude. Cleanly. And so now it's coming out that not only was net neutrality definitely what the people wanted and what overwhelmingly the regulators thought was in the best interest, he actually broke the law that he was responsible for overseeing to come up with the with the uh, consensus that net neutrality should be done away with. Like, I mean, you can't make this shit up. Like, these guys are clownishly bad at this shit. That reminds me of the video I saw earlier today where it was um, it, it was a guy in some sort of Zoom call meeting, and he was in an yes, official government meeting yes, about, about distracted safe driving. driving. Yes. Oh. And this nigga had his back. He was driving while in the Zoom meeting with his background set up as his home... But you could tell he was driving because he had his seatbelt on. And it's also a green screen and there's a fucking halo behind him that clearly shows. uh, The nigga had his seatbelt on. uh, He was in a fucking Zoom meeting with a seatbelt on claiming he was in his house. Like, yo, do you have a, do you have, have you ever had a gaming chair with a seatbelt on it? Because that would be fucking absurd. This nigga had the nerve. My question though, was he fighting for or against the bill? That's he the- better be fighting it down. He better be fighting it down. You can't be fighting for a bill to prosecute the shit that you're doing right Yo, now. My man was in oh a, a hearing to talk about a bill in reference to distracted driving while he was on a Zoom call while driving. Yeah. I cannot Bouse. make this shit Bouse. up. 
<laughs> I can't make this shit up, bro. Yo, That's you, fucking wild. Yo. Like, how much balls do you have to have? How little do you have to care? You feel me? How deep in the well of irony do you have to you be? You feel me? How deep in so the well many of irony do you like, have to be to be get, in a hearing about distracted driving while on a Zoom call? But here's driving. the other question. Like, what are you doing in the car, my nigga? Like, it's a Zoom call. You could have been at home. Did you not have internet at your house or You clearly shit? were scheduled to be working right <laughs> now. You had nowhere else what to happened? fucking be. What happened, my G? What's going on with this? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, you know. It's, I don't know where to fucking go sometimes man, when I talk about these guys, bro. That I don't know re- what to fucking say. Like, how do you, like, what do you say? Someone elected this dickwad. People elected this asshole. Hey, they probably, it's probably before they saw the video. I'm pretty sure he's the same motherfucker before <laughs> he was elected as but he was to today. to be fair, you know, he might have been elective because, <laughs> elected because of how much of a dick he is. Remember, I believe it was Jim Jordan that got, that got elected after he body slammed that reporter. Was oh, that yeah. That? So was that Jim Jordan? Well, Jim Jordan is a, is a wrestling coach, so that would make sense that he body slammed the guy. <laughs> Whatever Republicans from uh, last year. He did year take before? that nigga uptown, though. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. See, that's Don't what ask makes me no me questions struggle. about my past, because son. I, I am absolutely an advocate of taking a nigga uptown if he yeah. fucking tries you sideways. Don't ask me no questions about my past. That's nigga, what? Nigga? I'm running for office. See, that's the, that's about the about only happen. thing that would have made it better if he turned around and said, nigga? I'm like, Wow. <laughs> He just lost all with, fucks. With the, with the inflection and everything, yeah. sir. But yeah, nah, man. These politicians are out of pocket, bro. I have no clue, like, how... The, the most annoying thing is that big-ass fucking <laughs> mug that the douchebag had. Yo, the Reese's mug? Yo, with my the G. smug look on his face. Most well, punchable face ever, bro. Bro, he definitely needed to fucking get punched in the face, man. Dude, and did you see... Did you see this fucking... So China sends this rocket into outer space and they 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 misjudge releasing the thing the uh the the booster and the booster ends up going into a descending orbit and so now it's going to fall somewhere in the world and they don't know where who knew rocket science was so hard bro I didn't, I didn't What know. the fuck so my question Fucking is is China, like all right bro. so that shit falls in our house do we get it? Do, does the American government go to bat for us? Did it be like, yo, we're suing China now for you to get you a new house? Or they just That's let a it, really good question. They let it ride. It's a really good question. Because who knows where the shit is going <gasps> to fall? Granted, statistically, it's probably going to fall on water. Got it. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. Cross your fingers. Yo, my G, G do you know how big this thing is? It's going to, yo, first of all, one thing that you learn in physics is that if you have combustion reactions with gas happen a lot faster than with liquids or solids. And so you have a booster that had solid fuel in it that has been burned away, which leaves behind what? Vapor fuel. That's going to fall and hit the the explosion that's going to happen when this thing hits the the ground is going to be epic, dude. And who knows? I'm pretty sure that they didn't like Seek to reduce the volatility of the fuel. No, it's rocket fuel, my G. It's made to be extra volatile. Like, yo, I'm and 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 it's uh, also you know China is notorious for their cutting quarters on safety and not giving a fuck. Yeah, they're notorious. I'm telling you, bro. uh, Yo, they're to the point where I don't even boil the Chinese bottles that we have. I don't boil them shits because I don't trust the plastic these niggas use. I only boil plastic that has literally stamped on it the temperature range because that means that they that they're willing to take responsibility if the shit melts. I don't fuck with none of this Chinese shit, bro. Because I'm telling you, man, they, there's something wrong when you're not even willing to have people question the viability of what you're doing. When you're not even willing to have quest- people question it, that means that you're just clearly not trying to 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 take anyone's safety into accord. You know what I mean? And the Chinese government abides no questions to their safety regulations. Hell no. Safety regulations. What the fuck is that? Nigga, we're trying to get to space. <laughs> There's nothing safe about what we're doing. Yeah, get I mean, to I space guess being way. safe. Nah, B, never that. I, actually, um... <laughs> I mean, you could. Uh, based on the research, it actually kind of looks like it's doable. Nah, nigga, that's only because you said it's doable. <laughs> but yeah, you know what, here, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up with one last uh, show of epic political malfeasance. And this one comes from my main man, Ted Cruz. So I'm not sure if you, well, I hope you have not been consuming any conservative uh, (laughs) mainstream media, but uh, they've been like obsessed with the woke attack on everything these days. (laughs) 
Cancel so, shame. So don't you dare make me feel bad about being an asshole. Oh, dude, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> don't point it out. Don't say nothing. And, and it's crazy to the point where they're just making shit up now, like shit that didn't even happen. They're just making it up and being like, oh, well, the woke woke, woke cancel culture, like like the whole Dr. Seuss thing. No one said anything to Dr. Seuss. Dr. <laughs> Seuss was mindful enough to choose to pull something that they themselves thought was out of pocket. Dr. Seuss grew up and they were like, yo, they forced Dr. Seuss to grow up, son. The, yeah, nah, Actually, no, chill. that was my choice. Actually. So you got Ted Cruz going off on his whole tirade. And so this nigga, well, what is it that you said um, Twitter, Twitter was for? It's to provide people with just enough rope to hang themselves? <laughs> yeah. Tell me why this nigga goes on Twitter to say to all of you woke ultra capitalist corporations who want to give us your money so that we could uh, so that we can listen to you guys when you want laws passed and when you want deregulation when it's like wait a second <laughs> have you Shut been up. taking money Shut to up, do man. all of that stuff this whole time okay, so this nigga pretty much in a tweet delineates all the stuff that he no longer wants to take money from <laughs> corporate capitalism to do pretty much admitting that he's in a pay-for-play scheme in congress and that he is absolutely not listening to the people that he's listening to the people who are giving him money and boy, man, just talk about a mea culpa. And this is why America is fucked. And I will never trust anyone who really puts their 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 efforts into electoral politics. Because when someone can be in electoral politics, do that. Say that publicly and not even get questioned and by his his superiors and or contemporaries. That means that your system is fucked. That means that you just don't even understand whatsoever. Like, these guys are drunk on their own power to the level where they are, once again, drowning in the well of irony. Like, do you not understand the irony that you, as a public official, are telling private corporations that you're no longer willing to take their money to not listen to the public? Do you not see the irony in this, that you're publicly saying this, even though Twitter's not a public platform? You're out in a platform speaking to millions of people to say that I'm not doing my job that I am only taking money from people who I'm explicitly not supposed to be taking money from. Like how the fuck dude, it's how the ever loving fuck do these guys even know how government runs? <laughs> Remember the other Texas politician with the, uh, 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 when the power went out and he blamed the people for it. It's a Texas thing, you know, <laughs> Texas politicians have a certain fucking, uh, animosity to their constituents that I just like, I just don't, that, that rivals only Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's the only nigga I know who hates the people who vote for him more than a Texas official. You know what I mean? Like, in case in point, on, we'll round this one out with, uh, you know, Jamie Dimon was quoted saying to Bloomberg that if the president decides to raise his taxes, then he will demand an itemized uh, 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 list of everything, everything that his taxes are being for. used for. <laughs> now, mind you, Full now, petty. mind you, Jamie Dimon is absolutely somebody who is in charge of policy making, who is in charge of of helping government officials come to policy, and he doesn't even know that there's already a fucking congressional and presidential office that literally is designed (laughs) to do just that. He's sitting here demanding that if his taxes go up, that he needs a line item budget that he has already. A matter of fact, he can get it emailed directly to him. Me and you got to go to the internet to find this shit. He has direct line to the things that he's demanding as if he doesn't know they exist. This is, what's more American than that? What the fuck is more American than the person who is one of the prime examples of someone who's in charge of American monetary policy, not even knowing that he has access to a fucking line item tax budget? What the fuck is more American than that? All right, guys, thank you for joining us. We always appreciate you. You can find us on the social media. You can find me on Twitter at Korea underscore T and at Home Heron. And you can find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Rico underscore G South. And always remember, guys, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great one. Peace. Take it easy.